Hello, hello, welcome back to Kenzie's K-Drama Corner. This is episode one, the very first official episode of Kenzie's K-Drama Corner. And we're going to have an after talk today. I'm excited because this K-Drama I finished not recently, actually. Well, actually, I finished re-watching it. <laughs> but I first finished watching it back when it was airing. So... Yes, we are going to be talking about Tale of the Nine-Tailed. Now, you guys probably aren't even surprised (laughs) that I'm talking about this, but I just feel like it was appropriate to talk about it because it was kind of the drama that took me back into the K-drama world because if you listen to my official trailer pre-episode introduction episode, I talked about how this drama... That I was going to talk about in the first episode took me back because you'll hear what I thought about it. I just loved it so much and just introduced the drama to you guys, Tale of the Ninetale. This is still a spoiler-free zone so if you're listening to this episode and you have not seen Tale of the Ninetale, you're, you're safe. I won't spoil you any major spoilers so Tale of Ninetale uh, came out last year of 2020. It was running from October 7th to 2020 to December 3rd, 2020. So a good two months. And there were 16 episodes. Each episode was about like an hour to 10 minutes. The last episode was an hour and 20 minutes. Not really surprised because it was the last episode. And it had three main genres, I would say. It had fantasy, rom-com, I mean rom yeah, rom-com is like one genre, honestly, rom- romantic comedy, action, so three genres, and then there was like a, a bit of suspense, a little bit of thriller, maybe a teeny bit of horror, but it's not even that bad, if I'm being completely honest, it wasn't like extreme like horror, like, oh my god, I can't watch it type of thing, uh, I'm not good with horror, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I am, but not at night when it is like dark in my room, and as I mentioned, it came out in 2020, and ran for about two months. So I'm going to introduce you to the official synopsis. This is from Viki. I know a lot of people might not use Viki. People I think I know use Vue or Drama Cool or Netflix, but this drama is only available on Viki if I, um, because that's the main place I watched it from. I'm pretty sure Vue. And then if you are not available, if you're not able to watch from those two platforms than drama cool i'm so sad it's on netflix i feel like it should be on netflix because it's such an underrated drama if i'm being honest so yeah so the official synopsis from viki i shall read to you this is not spoilers because it is on the website so you are safe if you have not seen it History is littered with the tales of the nine-tailed fox, a legendary creature who seduces the innocent in order to satisfy their craving for human flesh. Though there are few in this modern age who believe in the ghost stories of the past, there are some, like Namjia, who are convinced the legends of old are full of more facts and fiction. Determined to prove to the world that monsters that lurk in urban myths and ancient legends are in fact real, Jia has pleaded her talent as a television producer to create a show that does just that. With an iron will and nerves of steel, Jia hunts down the weird, unusual, and sometimes dangerous subject matter to showcase on her program. During one such pursuit, Jia comes across Eon, an irresistibly handsome and incredibly intelligent man who is so well put together that he seems too good to be true. 
Convinced there's more to this man than meets the eye, Jia keeps a close watch on him, but the more she observes him, the more convinced she becomes that he's just like every other man in the world, cold and heartless, if only she knew the truth. A nine-tailed fox who has only recently settled in the city, Ian has wrecked more than a little havoc since his arrival, as he has a penchant for cleansing human spirits. Fully aware that Jia is tracking him, he does little to arouse her suspicion, but when his bloodthirsty stepbrother, Irang, shows up, things get a little bit more complicated. Will Eon be able to save both himself and Jia from the wrath of his vengeful brother? A thrilling tale of legends and love, Tale of the Nine Tales is an action-packed 2020 romantic fantasy drama directed by Kang Shinhyo. So, yeah, so that is the full synopsis on Viki. It may be a lot if you're, if you're like, hear me saying, but it's actually not quite a lot. It's actually not even spoiling you, like, anything major because it's very important to know that Yeon and Irang are both um, related <laughs> and that um, Yeon is a gumiho or a, a nine-tailed fox. So the main actors and actresses, I am excited to talk about this. So I'm already giggling. <laughs> I like slapped my hand on my mouth. Um, so if you remember in my... In in my introduction episode, I talked about that this drama made me fall for the main actor so hard. So yes, Lee Dong-wook is the main um, protag. He, he plays Eon, who is the he is the irresistibly handsome, incredibly intelligent man who is so well put together and so good to be true. Um, yes, he's handsome. Oh, I said that very weird. Sorry. And then we have Jo Bo, who is Namjia, so she is the female protag. And then we have Kim Bum, who is Irang, who is the other um, second lead. And we have, honestly, all three protags to be honest. Yeah. So then we have supporting actors. Um, we have Kim Young-ji, who plays Yuri, who is the uh, another character. I was so about to spoil something. I'm sorry. This is still the spoiler-free zone. And then we have Hwang-hee as Shinju, and then um, Itteri as the Imugi, and... I just had to I just had to mention them because um I'm not gonna really go very in depth with supporting characters because I will talk about a lot with the uh, main characters, but I really wanted to just give credit to them because those three characters are three actors <laughs> so so talented. So yeah, so let's let's debrief about the title. This is um if you're like concerned I'm gonna spoil something. I'm not, trust me. I know I keep repeating that, but I am trying to keep my word. So, Tail the Nine-Tailed. So, what is the Nine-Tailed Fox? You probably are familiar if you watch anime, <laughs> like me, or um, or you just heard the word or the animal, like the, the creature, but you aren't really aware of what the story is. So, in Korean folktale, the Gumiho or Nine-Tailed Fox in English, or the, you know, the legend of the Gumiho is basically beautiful women try to seduce others to eat their liver or their heart, and they have, like, special abilities, so it could range to, like, literally anything, and they're very powerful, and it just depends on, like, each type of, you know, Nine-Tailed Fox, and I wanted to mention this because 
this drama really heavily focuses on not just the gumiho but other t- other kinds of korean folktale which i really this is kind of, it's also kind of why i really enjoyed it because it not only had the fantasy aspect but it really taught me a lot of other stuff about like you know korean folktale characters and stories and it was just really enjoyable and it was just like such an interesting a good interesting and a really well put together drama with like really enjoyable characters i would say so how did i start watching it i started watching it when i was kind of just looking on viki (laughs) um and let me know the time when i looked at this drama it was also like the midst of time where i was starting college i was like a freshman in college so i was like super busy i had no time to like start anything um i had you know i was watching anime but anime is quite shorter whereas k-dramas there it's usually like an hour long so i was like hmm, i don't know so and you probably know from my official episode like sometimes i have to be well invested in the drama um but at the same time i end up finding something i enjoy in the drama at the same time so i just totally just repeated myself sorry so i always saw this drama like appear on my viki homepage if you know like when you go on viki if you use viki like a popular or ongoing drama is like on the top like on the poster and i saw tale of the nine-tailed and first thing i thought was the title reminded me of naruto <laughs> um i love naruto and if you if you already know naruto has like the nine-tailed fox involved in it and has that type of that has their aspect of like or their views on the nine-tailed fox but i was also aware about the fact that the nine-tailed fox was also mentioned in um in other k-dramas so like you know my girlfriend is a gumiho is a well-known k-drama um there's also the goo family book which um is also quite well known i kind of want to check it out too and it's basically just a nine-tailed fox demon who has nine tails <laughs> and i as i mentioned am a sucker for anything fantasy and i really wanted to check it out also also with the supernatural genre two the second the second reason i started watching it is i looked at the poster and i was like noticing the guy was like familiar and i was like oh wait a minute i've seen him oh wait he's from goblin he's the grim reaper funny story is when i started watching tale of nine tale i didn't finish goblin yet you already know my whole spiel with goblin i starting it and i didn't finish it because i got major spoiler spoiled spoiled so i stopped watching <laughs> so yeah so i was like okay typing his name oh his name's idong wook okay i'm gonna watch this drama little did i know that was going to like fall for him hard but anyway so yeah so pretty much this drama totally made me fall for idong wook so hard no joke I was like swooning over him the entire time of episode one and two. I was just like, oh my god, he's so freaking like adorable. He's handsome. He's like has so much charm. And after I spent watching the episodes when it was like airing, I would go on YouTube or V Live and then I would watch like his other K drama, his V Live content, his YouTube behind the scene. And he would honestly, 
he is such an incredible actor he has so much range in his characters i'm like now realizing he could go from like fantasy to a human to a fantasy to a human wait of like an what am i saying fantasy character um a human a psychopath yes strangers from hell damn Mm -hmm. and yeah so oh (laughs) i don't want to keep talking about him because i'm gonna end up saying talking about like 20 minutes in this episode just just on him but yeah so tail and nine was kind of like the start of my appreciation and love for him he's just incredible and he's like my main favorite actor in k-drama now and he's just super yeah (laughs) he's just super talented handsome and he his charisma and you know i can't even think right now it's like midnight (laughs) but i could literally talk about him like forever and ever amen and yeah so Mm-hmm. so he's also the reason why i finished watching goblin finally and realized oh okay so i don't want to like keep i don't want to talk about goblin right now which i might talk about in a future episode so yeah so as i mentioned this k-drama got me back into watching k-drama because um i first started watching this drama and then i started watching drama with him with dongwook and then later tried to i then started watching like ongoing drama and i was just back in the game i was like okay so now i literally have a long watch list <laughs> so i also sit here like every day like really don't really have to do anything besides school but you know so yes and i could gladly say this drama took the cake from my favorite k drama because it was strong woman for a long time but it bumped it down on my top five it's still in my top five but tale of nine tale is now my number one like i could literally rewatch it i love i just love the overall story i love the bromance i love the relationship the the love story the characters and music so much like don't look is one reason but the other reasons are because the whole thing is just beautiful and i never get bored of it it's just my cup of tea i would rewatch it but i feel like i don't want to cry right now i will rewatch it eventually but i think i'm drained from crying <laughs> yeah so how i felt about the dra- the dra- genre sorry the drama overall in general is i feel like i feel like sorry i need to get like a drink of water cuz my voice is getting raspy Okay, so I feel like the drama moved very well in my perspective because I feel like I was so intrigued with every episode. I was so intrigued with what was happening that, one, I kept looking at how many minutes I had in the episode because I didn't want it to end. And then, two, it kept on, like, even though it kept adding certain things into the episodes as time as the episodes kept on going um eventually later on they end up explaining certain things that they mention i'm not going to go in depth about it because if you haven't seen it then i don't want to spoil but 
basically i kept wanting to freaking binge the shiz out of this drama so i watched episode one to five because i started watching it when these first episodes were out and then i had to wait for like every week and it was just driving me crazy because like mm. so yeah so and then i also said you know i love the, the relationships the characters the romance drama fighting everything i'm literally trash for this drama like there's never a day where i don't think about eon <laughs> because he lives in my brain so anyway <laughs> so yeah so i totally totally recommend you checking out this drama if it's you know if you love fantasy if you love rom-com if you love a little bit of action if you really love the character you know the main characters the actors that i mentioned the, even the supporting actors you know Idong Wook, joe boa kim bam um uh, the other you know all this stuff so yeah, so please, you know, give give it a shot if you really want, you know, if you want to check out this drama. I don't regret watching it, and I hope you don't too. But you know what? It Not everyone, as I mentioned in the first episode, will like every drama because everyone has their own preference. This is just me being very open-minded. But yeah, so, you know, appreciate the love. Anyway, so... Now I'm gonna move on to section two of Kenzie's K drama after talks, where this is now the non-spoiler free zone. I'm going to go ham. I will literally say something very spoilery. So if you are still listening and you have not watched the drama, I pray for you. I'm sorry. Let me give you a few minutes. <laughs> And you can always refer back to this episode if you have finished it and you want to hear what, I w what I'm going to talk about. So, yeah, so we're going to start with the plot and character analysis. So basically, I'm going to talk about a huge freaking run through of the plot. And then I'm going to go a little bit in depth with the characters, their personalities, their motives, their goals, and all that stuff. Um, it's not going to be perfect at the top of my head because I can't remember literally everything even though i've rewatched it i rewatched it like three times i can't really think about the entirety of the of it right now because whew, it'll get me in my emotions so basically i kept crying at the drama for almost every episode my charger cord got like tied on my foot um there was like I don't think there's any episode where I was like dried eyes because I kept sobbing in every episode like no matter what especially I think remember episode two where he we learned about Eon's character like what happened like what happened before he settled in the city so we you know we learned that he was a mountain god he was a nine-toed fox or we knew he was a mountain he knew we knew he was a nine-toed fox we didn't know he was a mountain god from the Joseon dynasty if i remember correctly and um i the first time i was crying was when he was telling um to please reincarnate and that he's going to find her so then he gives him gives her the fox bead the one thing that got me crying was the freaking ost in the background if you guys know it parting at the river of three crossings i think i said that ost correctly it's on spotify it's such a beautiful ost it's just i don't know it's so packed with emotion it's like the goblin ost with the piano like you if you hear it you, you freaking cry and i don't know i'm just very emotional and sensitive in general so i was just 
sobbing when I was when I was watching that and that was episode two I was already crying in episode two we had like how many episodes to go and I'll just say if I cry at a drama very easily you know I'm so deep in the drama already and I'm so attached to characters already (laughs) so I knew I was like you know what I'm so deep in this drama there's no way out so yeah so also I was just loving the romantic things that was just happening because I am such a hopeless romantic and I was just already obsessed I had problems already (laughs) I'm kidding so yeah so yeah so basically we had very we had very um distinct plot arcs i would say so we started in the very beginning where we met eon where actually no not in the very beginning we met where jia was riding uh in the yoguge or the fox ridge um where she was with her parents and they were like giving her a gift and then boom the freaking car flips over and i was just like what the heck we just started it was just three minutes in and i was like oh dear so um and then we go to this point where she thinks she's dreaming but she's not because she thinks her parents died and she was the only one alive so then she wakes up and then she sees like oh my you know my mom's still here my dad's still here and then there's like this news on the tv and they're all like her mom and her dad are laughing at it and she's like what in the freaking world why are they laughing there because everyone's like the the thing on the news was like people were dying and they were just like giggling at it and i was just like girl you (laughs) your parents are I don't even know what happened. So then she she goes and asks her mom, can I have some walnut cookies? And this is when I had like, we were trying, we were pretty much understanding what kind of character Gia was. So then she, you know, she was like, okay, so I'm gonna get you some the walnut cookies. And her mom was like, oh, we ran out. And then Gia was like, no, we don't have walnut cookies. My mom knows that I'm allergic to nuts and, you know, walnuts. And then she was like, oh, I forgot and I'm like how do you forget like a really common allergy of your daughter and when she stabbed her mom (laughs) with the freaking um the I can't even think the 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 exact the exacto knife I was just like you have some guts little girl (laughs) because I'm like what but I mean I just love that energy from her and then we have her in her room and you know the part where they like bust the doorknob open at first i was like what in the heck is going on and then i realized oh they're nine-tailed foxes that turn into um her parents because we find out they are able to turn into like you know other people because edon could do it and then um uh gia is sitting in the corner and then we see Ian. <laughs> I was just scur- I was literally screaming when Ian showed up because I was like, "Ooh, there's the man!" <laughs> and um, it was their first encounter, or was it? Dun dun dun. So basically, I just like recapped like what happened in episode one. I'm kidding. Basically, we get an introduction to Gia, and then we get an intro- introduction to Al- our Ian. So that kind of sets us up into the into the drama, and we see that Yun removes 
Gia's memories into what, you know, what happened, and then he brings her back to the scene. And yeah, so that was like right in the get-go. We are we are starting the drama. And oops, I just whacked paper on my desk. And um I was just like, I'm very into this already, no doubt, because I want to know what the heck's going on. So that was kind of like the beginning arc where we first meet the characters, and then we are taken to Ian. We find out that he's like rich he has like a very bougie apartment he loves to eat mint chocolate ice cream i'm telling you every time he was eating mint chocolate ice cream during the entirety of this drama i was craving it that i ended up driving to like the grocery store after it after it ended because i really wanted mint chocolate ice cream um yeah so we find out you know we find more about eon and then later on, we meet Irong in the in the episode where we find out, oh, he could transform into other stuff because he is a nine-tailed fox. So, what am I what am I going with this? It's just it's just like in every episode, there's always something new being added, and they're not like they're not they're not like um obviously told of like what's going on because i think that's what k-dramas love to do they always like to add things where they don't really go over it until like later on so i feel like the plot moved very nice um because it wanted i feel like the drama i feel like tail and nine tail really wanted you to keep on watching it so then you understood what happened in the past so for episodes, I think it was about, like, two to four, no, one to three, where Eon and Gia went to the island, that whole, that whole island thing was just, like, they kept tossing things at you, and they wanted you to, like, maintain what they were telling you, so we were introduced to the Imugi, because we thought that you know, the Mugi was not going to be brought back, but apparently he does because Irang um, helps to contribute to bring back the Mugi. And then um, we find out that this whole island was worshipping this creature from years ago because of, like, you know, the old woman. Like, there's this old woman that was giving out these, like, posters, which was the, I'm assuming was a shaman because the shaman kept living for so long because she was given long life by the CEO and it was just like you think about it like all these moments kept connecting and it just I think I really loved that about the story about the dramas because when you rewatch it eventually like later on you assume you keep you like you get like oh so that's what that's what they meant by this and I watched I watched rewatched episode one to three after I watched it first with my mom and my aunt, and my aunt was, like, confused on <laughs> what was going on, but then I was like, you gotta keep watching it because you will catch something, and eventually you're going to go over it later on, and yeah, so I don't really remember much about episodes one to three, if I'm being completely honest, because it kind of, like, swirled in my head, and I'm like, okay, they went to the island, they were trying to get info about this missing body, but eventually it just connected like later on and 
we then find out that from the CEO, when he was telling Eon in like episode, I think it was like, I don't remember, but it was like the episode where they were trying to figure out how to take down the Imugi for good and then CEO was like oh we ha- you were the last ingredient back at the island because you used your powers and everyone else on the island sacrificed himself and then Gia took cut herself and the blood was in was put in and it was just like all connecting I was like oh my god like some things like this just makes me like drop my jaw <laughs> um so yeah so So yeah, so I really loved how the plot really connected things from the beginning and then it re-explained it and connected it back from the, like, in the later episodes. And from the very beginning, we had a clear plot of every main character. We had a plot where, we had a goal from every character. We had a, you know, Ian wanted to find his long lost love. Because he's been finding, he's been trying to find her for so long. Gia wanted to find her parents because she knows that they're not dead. And Edong aimed to k- kill and cause chaos in Eon's life and mess with him. Plus, eventually kill Gia if he ends up finding his quote unquote dead girlfriend. So we had that idea in mind. Like, okay, those are their goals. And they just kept on little, you know, sprinkling a little bit here and there, and not just like little like um um other like subplots they were sprinkling like you know the other characters like you know the snail bride there was this thing where i think it was episode two where eon's like you want to see my world so then he makes gia sprinkle like the coins on the ground and we were you know at that point we're introduced to other folktale characters so that's what i also liked about the plot so Yeah, so I feel like we had a clear main plot going on, which had subplots happening. And those subplots eventually came back together to the main plot. And that's what I really loved about this drama. And I really love action-packed stuff, like, in general, too. And you're just like, oh my god. I'm literally, I think I've said oh my god, like, how many times already. So, yeah, so, so basically... We had, you know, mentioned, we, we went to the island, and then eventually we awakened the Mugi, and then we had Eon finding out that Gia had the fox speed, that she was, uh, she was Alm's reincarnation, and then the fox speed's taken away, the Mugi awakens, Gia finds out what happened to Aum, Gia, I mean, Eon tells Irang he let him win numerous times in Budok because he was, quote-unquote, too weak. And he didn't, you know, he didn't abandon him. And then we find out that Irang isn't really the main villain. It's actually Imugi. And yeah, it was just like a whole roller coaster of like moments. But I feel like it was very paced well in general. I feel like the drama really did pace the the story well. Um and even though, yes, sometimes it would go into a subplot, it did come back to the main plot, as I said. So, that's, like, I really appreciated it. And there was, like, also a moment in the drama where we thought we didn't know what to do. Meaning, when Irang was fine, we found out, like, oh, he's not the main villain, and the Mugi was, how are we going to bring it back down? 
Jia was possessed with the other half, the Mugi. The Mugi, ha- we had the running around Mugi who was like with all powers and he was just like a person with the, with the powers. And every three, every time we tried to do something for it, it was just like, nope. <laughs> and I think it was like episode 14 where I was just like, how in the world are they going to defeat the Mugi? Because it doesn't make sense anymore because it kept stressing me out, to be honest. I wanted, the only thing I wanted at the very end was them to be alive, Eon and Jia to have their happy ending, to have Eon has have their have his happy ending and Amugi dead because Amugi kept I don't want to cuss annoying me (laughs) annoying me but I will talk about him later on so yeah so oh yeah so I feel like the plot in general was really it was moving very well so yeah so for characters um I'm gonna only go over the main characters so we have we have Eon, who was played by Lee Dong-wook. So, from the get-go, from the very beginning, he had a very sassy and nonchalant personality. So, he was just like, I needed to defeat these bad people because um, that's my job. Because that's what I have to pay for because I decided to bring Aum back. Because if you, if you remember with granny or tulupa actually i didn't know the granny's actual name until like midway i'm like oh wait her name's tulupa so granny tulupa um she's like you have to keep you know paying what you were what you did because you stopped the boat so you know stop the boat from crossing the river so yeah, so we learn his motives. We learn what his goal was. As I mentioned, his goal was to find um, his long lost love, and he, you know, he stops the boat in the very beginning to give the fox speed before Am um, completely like dies, and you know, crossing the Samdochon River, and we are like, okay, we have the idea that he wants to do that. He has been roaming around for many many years to find his long lost love, and who should be carrying the fox bead and we you know we learned that there were many duplicates of her but never carried it and i remember there was this one quote i really love that Ian said in the very few episodes to he was t- telling granny that he knows that g or owl might be still roaming around she, she just to like it's not it's not word for word he says, like, it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman, ugly or pretty, I'll find her regardless. I was like, damn, that is loyalty. <laughs> because if you got, if you remember, um, when you, when, when you're a nine-tailed fox or gumiho, you are loyal to love someone until death. And he's been loving this person for so long, like 7,000 years and he still loves them and he said he is determined to find them regardless if they're a man or a woman ugly or pretty he is going to find them and i was just like oh i eon i love you <laughs> um and yeah so we then learned about his relationship with his younger brother um which we will get to in a little bit i will debrief that a little later in another section another segment and he's confident too not just sassy and nonchalant, he's also confident and charming. He tries to be very, like, charming. 
and all that stuff. So, yeah, so for his person or for his character, I feel like he eventually does get more softer and and protective. Sorry, I need to I need to uh dampen my throat. <laughs> um well, as I was saying, he kind of got more kind of got more softer and protective what i mean by this is he doesn't lose the entirety of his like sassy and strong like confidency competency and nonchalant personality it's the thing the thing that the thing i think about is after we find out that gia still has a part of the mugi inside her who literally it's either she dies or it leaves her body he becomes very protective and he still has that confident part of him but when he finds this finds this truth out he like if you remember he was about to beat up not beat up i'm not sorry he was about to hurt granny because he was like you're you know you didn't tell me this blah 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 and eventually he also becomes very protective of Edong because he's his little brother and he's like I never I never abandoned you all that stuff so yeah so I feel like even though he did get softer and more protective he's he didn't completely lose his sass and his nonchalant personality but I feel like we really get a lot of his softer side in episode 14 and 15 because he already knows that he might die so it's kind of also we kind of see eon's lowest point in episode 15 and 16 because he even though he's saying like i'm going to uh commit you know warning suicide even though he was saying that so confidently, if you remember in episode 14, he was telling um, Sinju, um, the grandpa, and Gia, I'm going to jump to, or I'm teaming up with, um, I'm going to team, I'm going to team up with the Mugi. And we then learned that his really main goal is he's going to try and jump into the river. And he knows that if you jump into the river, you can never reincarnate. So well, you remember, he was, like, walking down the hall, and we could see his face just slowly, um, get worried. And this was the first time we saw him become a bit, um, vulnerable, because he, he didn't, he was unsure if it was going to work. And we have to remember that Eon was kind of weaker against the Imugi because, if we remember, he was talking to Gia in, like, episode 11, no, 10. Um, you know what happens to a nine-tailed fox when they lose, or when they leave their mountain, they become weak. So, Ian eventually, he's not super weak. He's not really, like, he lost his entire powers and all that stuff. He, being honest, he was more weaker to the Mugi because he didn't have his entirety of power because he wasn't tied up he wasn't with his mountain anymore so yes he's still a nine-tailed fox but he doesn't have all his abilities because he's supposed to stay in the mountain so yeah so i feel like what happened with eon in the in the drama is he he still has as i said sassy nonchalant personality he has confidence 
but he does grow a bit more cautious. He grows a bit more calmer. Um, he grows a bit more softer, more protective. And, oh man, for competency, we literally got outsmarted like three times with him. <laughs> because we had the moment with Adokshini in episode 9, and then we had the swap with Irang in episode 11, and then we had the sword moment with Jia or Imugi in episode 13. Um, yeah, so that was like, I was just, oh my god, episode, the one in episode 13 almost scared me, because I thought he was like gone for good, but then when he spat the scale out of his mouth, I was like, oh my god, so it was all fake, so yeah, so we just, we were outsmarted, so yeah, so even honestly, episode, every episode where he was like outsmarting the audience, I was just like worried, I was like, he better not die, (laughs) so yeah, like, he's our main character, so yeah, so yeah so he just has like that he knows all that personality to just to begin with because he was like my only talent is my face in episode one and yeah so and there was also this part in episode 16 where irang is talking to jia like because she's filming for her uh film till the nine-tailed to just remember him he's like you know he was like super like super um I can't think of the word, but he was like, oh, he knows he's, like, the prettiest one out of, like, the, you know, in the water, like, in the, in the mountain, like, he would, he would, like, oh, so, you know, I don't remember the exact quote he said in, like, in that, fr- in that scene, he's like, oh, like, you know, if they were, like, who's the prettiest one of them all, it would be me, and that stuff, and I was just like, oh my god, he's so full of himself, that's what the, that's what I was thinking, he's so full of himself, and he's just like, he knows I'm, I'm all that and stuff, but he kind of just, like, his full of himself personality kind of dilutes a bit, but not fully, in, in like, throughout every episode, so, yeah, so also, can we, like, talk about, um, I also want to talk about, sorry, before I move on to what I was going to say, um, like, the moments with Ian and Aum, we, I really love, I really love how he kept messing with her, because he was like, why is there a little girl, like, in my mountain, who, especially a human, who wants to be friends with me, like, I am a nine-tail fox, who wants to be friends with me, and it was just, like, adorable, like, they weren't even, okay, here's the thing, I saw people were like, why, why did they meet, why did they make them meet each other when they were young, first of all, I think Alm was just very curious, like, oh, there's a nine-tailed fox in the mountain, I'm gonna visit him, and they just, you know, started out as friends, and acquaintance, subordinates, that's, yeah, that's the word, subordinates, and then he was, like, teaching her how to shoot an arrow, and then they grow up, eventually, also, do you, do you guys notice that G-A, A-U-M, we got hints already, so, yeah, so, yeah, my god, my voice is getting scratchy, sorry, yeah, also, I just want to take a moment to appreciate the outfits that Ian was wearing, because, oh my god, all the outfits that Ian was wearing were so beautiful, like, the one, the red one with, like, the white see-through, um, Hanbok, and then not just Ian in the time where he was, like, a mountain god, it was also when he had the suits, like, he kept wearing suits as, like, the Ian in the city, 
Like, I don't think he used a t-shirt. The only time we saw a t-shirt worn by him was, like, episode 16, where he's, like, wa- uh, wiping, wiping? Um, using a towel on Gia's hair and all that stuff in that scene. So, yeah, so my overall thoughts regarding Ian, how he's, like, I honestly love him to be honestly because sorry I had to remove I had to move the mic a little bit. Um, he's probably one of my favorite characters that Yi Dongwook played along with the Grim Reaper. Cause I think if I remember correctly, Yi Dongwook said the closest character that kind of is like him is Eon, and I'm like oh my god. So yeah, and I feel like Eon, he. I just love him so much, like, honestly, like, I was saying, like, I did not want him to die in episode 15, and they freaking did, but then he bring he comes back, and it was just, like, a whole thing, so, yeah, I really, 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 really love Eon, he is just, um, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters that Ethan will played, he just kind of leaves, he just left a huge impact, he's kind of, like, a comfort character, because, um, I could literally, like, his, his personality is so lovable, honestly, like, yes, he's so sassy, nonchalant, and, like, oh, I'm so, like, he could be full of himself at times, but it's, like, he comes, he comes out as charming at the same time, it's just, like, as I said, there's also, um, the director, when they had a press conference for Tale of Nine Tales, he said, when I was casting the main character, I, he he was like, there's no other person that could play it that play that could play it besides Ethan Wolk. Like he was like, no other person could play it, and he nailed it. He did super well, and I think there was like, they were on like a they were on like a a, a reality show no variety show. And they were like, are you never gonna play human roles ever again? And then he was like, no, I'm I'm gonna play more human roles. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah, so. I said so, like, how many times? Sorry. And then we have our female protag, Namjia, who then she also plays Aum and Imugi. I'm talking about the actress. And from the get-go, I just want to say props to the actress because she had to play three different characters. It's super hard to play, like, three different characters, honestly, so props to her. And from the get-go, we we get that she is smart and independent and she's very um strong and that's like one thing i noticed when i was starting to watch this drama is because i really loved i really loved her personality because i feel like we don't get a lot of strong female protagonists in a lot of k-dramas which isn't bad it's just i feel like i want to see a lot more of those types of characters because she had a very strong will and she was just she was not hesitant like whatsoever about the fact that eon and Idang were related gumihos and they were fighting in her room or in her house and she was like even like as i said in the very beginning she was stabbing she literally stabbed her fake mom with a with a exacto knife I'm like, what the heck? And she she was just very strong. So, um, yeah, so, yes. Um, so, yeah, so we don't really get a lot of, you know, strong female protagonists in K-drama. So, I feel like I want to see a lot of that. And, yeah, she also, she also jumped off the balcony. 
she had no hesitation to do that she was literally testing him at the same time but at the same time like i would never do that because i'm scared <laughs> did you see how how tall his building was so yeah so yeah so as i mentioned her main goal was to find her missing parents she first she i i it's really interesting how she didn't believe the fact that they were dead in the very beginning because she knew that they were actually missing she knew she had a feeling they were missing and she had guts like she knew like they weren't dead because she believed in the urban legends so like you know the latin nine tail fox and she claims that she sees creatures like those so when she was younger so she knows that they're alive and they're real so she uses his her knowledge about this and becomes a producer to find her parents and that now i'm thinking about it, it's kind of interesting like oh she didn't immediately assume they're dead because she knows she's she knows she has a feeling they're missing so then when she meets eon she kind of uses quote-unquote uses him so she can end up finding her parents i say quote-unquote because there was this part in episode six where he she was talking to the magistrate and she was like i'm using him because i want to find my parents but eventually that turned into a romance my my yonji at heart <laughs> anyway so yeah so she still regains she still maintains a strong willpower um throughout the epi- throughout these uh drama and i also want to say like even when the moogie was like when she realized like oh something else is inside of me she still was strong because i also really appreciate how she was telling of course i feel like she would tell eon but to be honest not a lot of characters would tell like things to eon to their to like a character because i don't know if i make any sense but there was this time where in episode 11 the ceo was like you could get your parents if you if you give eon to us and she wasn't walking with eon it was like i want to have the prince and and um have a happy ending and all that stuff so then she tells him what the ceo is trying to do i literally appreciated appreciated this so much because i know a lot of characters don't tell things and they would just keep it to themselves which kind of like really like annoys me but it's okay so yeah so even though she had like moments where she was literally scared if you remember in episode 13 she was sobbing when she realized she stabbed ian like with the with the metal rod she like even after that she tried to be you know try not to let the moogie get to her because she was trying to get rid of it and she still remained strong so I really, really loved her character for this because, um, yeah, she was scared that there was literally another thing in her body. Like, it was just, I just really appreciated that. If you remember episode 14, she was, like, talking back and forth to herself, but she was literally talking to the Imugi because she, like, cut herself so the Imugi can come out. And she was, like, talking, it's like, you're you're weak and all that stuff she was literally talking back and forth because she was like confident like oh you're weak huh so when you stay in my body you have no you have not your entirety of your power and it was a really honestly i really love that scene because not the only not just that 
reason but also the way the camera was like planning back and forth because it kind of showed like who was talking and who wasn't so yeah and she eventually she does lean to Ian a lot but it's because we know that he defeated the Amugi in the past but even though the reason was he was he ended up killing her but he didn't mean to she just hopes that it could be the you know hoping that things would get better so yes and then we have irang oh, so from the get-go from the very beginning when i first when, when, i think pretty much for everyone we thought he was a little brat <laughs> from like episode one to four we all assumed we we all thought like okay he's gonna be the main character or the main character he's gonna be the main villain and the main goal of his was to literally just cause chaos with his brother because he said you abandoned me back when we were went back when i was younger and it wasn't just by eon it was also by his human mother and so he, you know, rolls around and grants people's wishes and he, by taking something precious of theirs back, like, for himself. And he went around killing humans and he literally went to the extent of bringing back the Mugi, which was the one creature that was only able to be slayed by Eon only. But really, it was also the one thing that brought Eon's true love to the ground. So I want to talk about, like why his ambitions in the very beginning were even like set in stone because i feel like people would assume like what is his reasoning why is he so mad i feel like his hatred and despise for eon is because he loves a human and if you think about it he was abandoned by a human mother eon left from for a human for a human he lost his puppy from humans because they caused the for they caused the entirety of the forest to be caught on fire by humans. So I feel like it's fair to say that he was mad because humans were the reason. However, his actions for it shouldn't have been to kill humans. And when we find out that Eon quote unquote killed him or meant to kill him because he was he was um he was punished by the gods because they killed humans he was like okay let's let's um like you're back let's go and teach these humans a lesson but you could tell he was still like trying to find um trying to find Gia and I feel like that point on Irang was hurt and I get it I really get like why he was really angry so yeah but then later on in the you know in the drama we find out oh snap he's not really the main the main villain it's the amugi and there was this also there was this episode where he didn't know if he wanted to be with eon after eon tells him oh i did not abandon you i did not mean to kill you and the ceo was like but did you get did you get a hand from Ian, you know, asking him, asking you if you're fine from the Adokshini? And he was, like, literally guilt-tripping, like, literally messing with his brain. And I was like, oh my god, if you don't shut up, because, mm, like, literally, so, 
<sighs> so yeah, so he doesn't really completely turn to Ian's side. It literally took a few literally took a while. <laughs> um it took the entire like that part where they swapped each other um for him to, you know, turn and go back to Ian. And I really I really loved episode 11, honestly. <laughs> like that switch ooh, gets me like yes. Anyway, so yeah, so from the very beginning we think of Ian or Edong as a brat. That's what I thought of. But then in episode 9, I was like, oh my god, so he's finally appreciating his brother. He he does have a little sass. I mean, he is Eon's brother, so they both have that, like, sassiness in their personality. But, um, he doesn't, it does, it's not like he wants to kill, like, as in the past, like, I think there was this part where they were like planning how to take down the Moogie and he was like playing a game on his phone and it was so funny because Ian's like, are you playing? Are you like, I forgot who said it, but like, are you playing a game during this? And it was just like, oh, that's just your typical Edong for you. Um, so yeah, so I will say, I feel like out of all the characters, Edong had the most character development, even though he was a second lead. Because I love when I love when villains or like the enemy really have their redemption, um, and have like that thought and like oh so none of this was like true and all that stuff, and I I'm gonna go back to this character development in a little bit because I will talk about episode sixteen, but yeah so I as I feel like overall Edong had the most character development out of the three mains. Not saying that, like, Eon and Gia didn't have character development. I feel like, which isn't bad. <laughs> they had a character development. But I feel like Edong had the most out of, compared to the three. Because he was known to be, like, the bad person. He was known to be, like, the villain out of the drama. But eventually we find out, like, oh, he's not. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, <sighs> that's me closing section two or segment two. That had a that was a handful. I wanted to just go over and analyze and break down a lot about the plot and the characters. So yes. So segment three, I dedicated it to debriefing any eye moments, eye opening moments and lessons to take away. I was so caught up with the action and <laughs> that I was like totally I didn't really catch anything. However, I did I kind of like picked up some one message that this drama kept talking about the message of waiting and not rushing things so there was this frequent quote that Gia and Ian would always toss back and forth to each other was I've been waiting for you and I really I really love that quote so much like they say it oh yeah so Ian says it to her in episode at the end of episode 14 episode 4 where she falls off from like the little ghost children and he comes back from hell and he finds out that she is Alm's reincarnation and he goes I've been waiting for you and I love that so much because it like shows how much time that he's been waiting to find Alm eventually and it like finally happened 
And we also then find we also hear that quote again in episode nine, where Ian finally wakes up from Adokshini's uh, dark world, and she was like, "Wait, don't come to me. I will go to you, because I've been waiting for you." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that quote always like made me like feel things. Like, oh my god! And then there was episode fifth, no sixteen, where. Eon comes back as a human and she he's wipe he's like doing Gia's hair and she was like how did you wait for me so long and the waiting the waiting thing the waiting message like lesson or the yeah the 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 message of waiting takes me to like I'm going to go off tangent a little bit Hamilton because Hamilton had like the thing with time so I feel like the same thing is applied to Tale of the Ninetale because it's such a little small small little like thing that is mentioned but I every time I rewatch like the scenes like those scenes where they reunite it's like I've been waiting for you like they're not like jumping on each other for like you know Ian Ian is so patient about trying to find Alm like, he is not on, he's not yelling, like, saying, like, I don't know where she is, like, all that stuff, and when Eon was asleep, Gia was, remained patient, so I feel like patience and waiting was always kind of, like, a thing in the drama, because, um, it's, it was such a little thing mentioned, but it was so pretty, like, the way they, they, the way they portrayed and talked about it, like, that whole, that small quote was just so pretty, and yeah so yes so i didn't think we already made it to the to the hour mark i literally could talk for this long if you're listening to me for this long thank you (laughs) so yeah so uh, these episodes are probably going to be a little bit a little bit shorter because tail of nine tailed is my favorite so this is literally me dorking out of, over it. Um, so yeah, so I I really think the the next episodes won't be as long as this, but yes. So now section four. I just wanted to discuss other things that I have not mentioned. I'm not going to go very in-depth because I don't want to go on very long tangents, but there are things that i written. So, there are three, five things that I'm going to go on very briefly. So, number one was Edong and Eon's brotherly relationship. So, what do I mean by this? So, we thought in the very beginning, we, we get this feeling that Edong was... Um, abandoned by Eon. And then later on in episode 9, it was kind of like the redemption where Eon tells Edong, oh, I did not abandon you. I didn't mean to kill you. And then he was saying like, with my sword, I don't miss anything. So think with that stupid brain of yours, like, you know, that quote. And it was just beautiful. <laughs> um, I really, I really loved, I really loved their bromance, honestly, even though literally majority of the time they were bickering with each other, but it was just like the little moments, like, 
there was this part in episode seven no either seven or eight where they were playing bodok in the snail bride restaurant and they were going back and forth from present to past that part made me cry because anything with like sibling stuff makes me really sad especially when like the relationship is broken like i was like really upset and, <laughs> and sad because they're like he was so happy in the past like irang was so happy and then compared to the present they were so sad and it was just it was just really um it made me really feel sad and like emotions for them and it was not heartwarming <laughs> but it was just like realizing like oh their their relationship is so crippled like what's going to go you know what's going to happen and stuff and i really wanted them to wanted them to make peace with each other because irang was just doing so much for ian because towards ian because ian's been had enough because he was like i just want to find <laughs> my love but i i understand why um Irang was always at him because he's like you abandoned me like all this stuff and you know what their their relationship their brotherly relationship is literally just a sibling relationship they're literally brothers you know siblings bicker i don't have a, i don't have a sibling but like to bicker at but i know for a fact siblings literally bicker at each other and it's just them bickering at a at a higher level because they're also gumihos so yeah so yeah so just looking at my long document that i typed out <laughs> um i don't want to go very much into a tangent so so yeah so episode nine they made up finally and they don't really i mean they make up and then like later in episode 11 they kind of he kind of has like Edung has like a moment of like hmm, does he really like he does does he really care for me and i'm like oh my god he does he's our brother he's our only family literally both of them are the are their only families like blood related like yes ian is always at him but he's like you're my brother and ian is like you're my older brother and yeah so i feel like there was this part where the first moment we really see Irang kind of look and worry for his for Ian was when they were in up in episode nine. They were um, leaving the forest, trying to get out of the forest, like the made up forest that was Irang's mind. And Ian fell down, and then Irang was like, "Oh my god!" And he he couldn't go down because Ian was like, "Go." out leave and then he was reaching to go back into the closet and i was like oh my god he was he wants to go back to ian and it just made, literally made me like i was on my feels i was like crying i was literally crying and i was i literally cried every episode so yeah it was just you know what it's just so heartwarming because we went from a person who wanted to kill his brother with hatred to he literally then just sacrifice himself he went from i want to kill you to i'm going to um i'm going to sacrifice myself and there's also moments where like when ian wanted to help irang irang ian was like 
stop harassing my brother and i was like damn yes and i was like yes this freaking relate so yeah so oh my gosh i'm i probably sound so stupid i'm my my thoughts are just jumbled anyway so yeah so moving on my next point is ian and gia's relationship so i i just love the relationship their relationship is so adorable in the very beginning they're literally like she's like you're a nine-toe fox and i really need help finding my parents and he's like okay and they're not really like it's not like super immediately like they are a thing they literally start out as friends and it's just ian you know ian has a feeling that she may be um reincarnation but after checking he's like okay maybe not because the fox bead wasn't being detected but you know later on sorry (laughs) they get you know they get really close and when they when they fall in love i don't even know they're so cute they literally make me feel single (laughs) i think episode 13 was really adorable the bed scene but you know what besides that um there was there was like this heartwarming moment where they were playing literally house where he isn't human he is a human and their lives are normal they're married and it kind of gave us an insight like what if he was actually human and nothing you know the boogie wasn't happening and i don't know i know people i know people found like there are some people i read some were like they thought their their relationship was boring and dragged on but i feel like their relationship was kind of the main story of the drama um but you know of course that's your opinion they just made me feel single (laughs) i literally i think episode 13 i was crying at the beach scene because i really wanted them to be happy with each other i wanted them to have the happy ending i wanted them to get married i literally everything and (sighs) i just wanted the best for them because i really love them i love the pairing because i feel like they i feel like they really were really good for each other um and i don't want to go very in depth but i just love how ian really really cared for her but i think what i want to mention is there you know remember in episode five with the kiss scene at the very end he looks at her and you know dang well that he thought of aum because she was wearing a hanbok and he went for her and kissed her. And in episode six, she was like, did you kiss me because of me or or because you see your dead girlfriend? And we kind of get that, we kind of get that idea where he isn't out of that mindset where she she looks like Aum. So they're not really a thing in episode five. And then in episode nine, at the very end, that's when he really loves her for herself for Gia not the fact that she is Alm's reincarnation and I really love that how it took that long for him to realize because they didn't really rush it they kind of took their time and it's not a bad thing for for k-dramas to take their time sometimes um I just like how it wasn't dragged on so long but they brought they 
made him realize at a perfect moment where he was trapped in the desert walking he's like i want to tell her how pretty she looked i want to tell her how happy she made me feel and it was also in episode 10 where they find he finally takes her to where her him and alam's story started and then later on he was like you're not a shadow of my past and I love that so much, how she told her the story of Aum, and then eventually said, it's okay, because you're not, you're not Aum, alright, you're not a shadow of my past, like, whoever you are, whatever happened in the, in your past life, it's not you, and even though, yes, she did have a reaction to, like, the fact that he killed Aum, but when she finds out what actually happened, she's so understanding, and it's like, their relationship is not even toxic. I don't feel like their relationship is not even toxic because it's very pure. He really wants to protect her. And as I said, his, you know, house personality kind of gets very, tried, not really changes, but he does get very cautious and protective of her because of the Imugi. And I, I, lo- I just literally love... I literally love how precious your relationship is because they make me feel single AF. I'm literally hopeless or romantic. So yes, so yes. Yes. Yunjia. <laughs> so yeah, so my next point I wanted to talk about was how everything was known to be a dead end with the Mugi. So the Mugi made me hella mad for sure. He's one of my he was one of the characters that just annoyed the freaking poop out of me because he was just so he was just so annoying with the fact that he kept on like going to Gia like you're gonna keep, I'm gonna marry you she's gonna marry me blah 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 and that kind of it kind of like threw me off I'm like okay you're gonna marry her but then you want to use her later or I don't know what am I saying no take she's gonna be like an empty shell in the beginning like later on and stuff and when when the Mugi came, when the you know the other half of the Mugi, the one with the powers and stuff, the one E Teddy was playing, we kind of got the vibe like there's literally no happy ending that happened because at first when I was watching like episode I think thirteen when the sword thing happened and Eon spat the spat the no yes episode thirteen no no what am i saying no episode 14 no end of episode 13 sorry (laughs) my brain is not working um at the end of episode 13 where we see eon about to like like hit hit um gia with the wooden sword but the moogie comes out and we all like oh god he's gone but apparently no because he had he was just faking everything and I don't know. I feel like we, when we saw that, we, we literally, okay, we knew that she wasn't able to live because either she dies or the Mugi comes out of her body. And the Mugi with powers was spreading a pandemic, like a plague around the, around Korea. It was just basically telling us like, okay, how the heck are they going to all survive without, like, someone dying, and 
it was kind of setting us up to believe that there was no happy ending to happen at the end of the show and i was getting really worried and sad <laughs> because when i was waiting for episodes 15 to 16 to drop i was just like oh my god if they don't kill the Mugi anytime soon i'm gonna cry and the very beginning of episode 15 we could see that eon is covered in scales and i was like frick he did swallow the dang scale and i was like why did you swallow it and i don't know it i mean it kind of shed shed <laughs> it kind of showed how much eon was willing to sacrifice himself and it was sad but um which now kind of connects me to my other thought or to my other point eon's death oh my god eon's death really like threw me off like made me cry i could not see the screen anymore because i was wearing glasses when i was watching it episode 6 15 to 16 was just a huge roller coaster but i'm gonna talk about eon's death first before i move on to 16 what when i saw his death happening um at first i wanted to say wanted i really want to say Dongwook did such an amazing amazing job playing eon at this point because we basically see eon's lowest point in the drama meaning like his lowest point as a character not as a character but he okay he swallowed the scale so he was slowly turning into the mugi he swallowed evening primroses if you know if you don't remember what those are those are like literal poison to him because he if you remember in episode three he wasn't able to pass to save gia from the shaman and three he was getting beat up by the actual Mu by the other half of the mugi and he was weak at that point and then he was trying his very best to jump into the river and he was telling Iran, can you please stab me because i'm gonna turn into the mugi soon and there was this point where he was crying and he was so I was literally bawling my ass out. He was crying, looking at Irang like, you need to hurry up because if you don't, I'm going to turn into the Mugi soon. And that kind of showed his lowest point in the drama because we all, in the past, in the previous episodes, he was super, like, sassy. He was super, he was super confident, nonchalant. His, you know, the personalities that I listed in, the, in my earlier segment. But man this 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 scene this death scene really broke me because first of all i didn't know if he was gonna come back in episode 16 so i was thinking like oh he's freaking dead i don't know what else to do and it literally i'm now thinking about it it literally stressed me out so much when i was first watching episode 15 because at the very end because when when we find out that the granny's plan failed i was like okay so what now because the other half of the mugi in gia woke up and the other mugi is like his plan worked so are you gonna swallow the scale and he does and i was just like oh my god i was literally so upset i was crying because first of all eon was like my favorite character <laughs> And he was played by Dongwook too. And it, you know what? Dongwook has an effect. If he cries, I cry. There's literally no... I don't think there's any drama where he doesn't cry. Because he... Oh, wait, no. Strangers from Hell. He doesn't cry. He makes other people cry. And... um, Yeah, his death really, really, really impacted me. 
for sure because oh my god I was like I was like a huge mess no joke I was crying I literally I'm not I'm not lying I had piles of tissue right next to me because I was sobbing I literally was on Twitter that day too I was like you're gonna be fine so yeah so yeah so then episode 16 happened and then before I go over Edong's death oh man those video messages <laughs> those really 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 made me cry oh my god my voice just cracked um first the first one with Ian to Irang was breaking me because we we see Ian tearing up behind the phone and then when he ends the video recording he's crying in the car and this is like the first time Ian really balls like we see moments in the past in the previous episodes where he's really crying or tearing up but in this episode in that part where he's talking in the in the car he's really like sad you could really tell like he's really he's like really heartbroken that this is happening like he wants to sacrifice to save um his loved ones but you could really tell how scared he was and it was just like oh my god and i was just a I was just a mess, dude. I was just crying. Episode 16 was just like a freaking whole emotional roller coaster. Like I I think I cried more than episode 15, but also it was, I think it was kind of the same level, but anyway. So and then it was also Ian to Gia the letter and I was just breaking down <laughs> cuz I was like sh- there was this line where he was like it's okay you can let go of me now oh my god i'm gonna cry again all right why did that hurt me when i said that and then she said no i don't want to forget you i'm like kenzie he's alive what are you what are you doing (laughs) why are you sad um but like the way like behind the behind the letter he was crying and he was there was a freaking fly flying around the mic hey and then um sorry and then he was putting the the picture they took at the beach and he was just sobbing and i was i was not handling anymore i was just like i emotionally drained from this episode and i was not halfway through and the worst part didn't happen yet um dang did i get the fly i don't know anyway <laughs> so then yes uh, and then the worst one, the one, the unexpected one. Actually, no, Eon and Eon's deaths were just very, actually, Eon's death, I kind of had a feeling if Granny's plan wasn't going to work, but I knew, I was like praying to the Lord, there has to be another way to him to be reincarnated, and I was watching the preview for episode 15 to 16, so I had an idea, and he was like, I want, like, they were saying, like, oh, I'm gonna find that guy, and it was a fox speed, see, I remember, they didn't bring the fortune teller for nothing, <laughs> um, and, man, Edong's sacrifice, I want to talk about it, I was freaking broken, <laughs> um, as I said, as I said in the previous segment, Edong's uh, character development was super big in this drama, and then the story 
because as i said he went from hating his brother to wanting to sacrifice for his brother he wanted his brother to die and he was willing to to completely sacrifice himself and that's what i really find touching because he did he did kill humans if, if you know we have to remember it but he did kind of learn from his mistakes at the same time and man that scene where yuri and shinju and suho were running to him and he was looking and he was like tearing up and i was like oh my god do not cry because i'm gonna <sighs> so yeah so um yeah his death was his death was so sad because honestly in the very beginning of the drama i said a sacrifice is probably going to happen but i don't know how or when but i knew the fantasy dramas usually do not end well like happily so i had a feeling something sad was going to happen so yeah and i sadly want to say i had a feeling irang was going to die but i wasn't sure it was going to happen and i didn't know it was going to happen this way but for some reason i had a feeling some like switcheroo was going to happen like oh if you want to sacrifice if you want to bring ian back you're going to have to you know your most precious thing and no doubt his death broke me so hard because literally irang had a family and you know what we're going to fight the writers on this because he did not deserve to die mm, so yes <laughs> my god anyway hmm so yeah his message his video message to eon was the one that just broke me um because the music made it worse <laughs> no doubt but oh my god oh my god i'm like thinking about it again <laughs> there's this one part in the in this video message where he was like i really hope we meet again hyung and he never made, he never called eon hyung ever if you ever think about it like ever since all the things happened he didn't oh my god i'm gonna cry <laughs> oh my god um the way he he said hyung while smiling made it worse i was just tearing up and ian was just sobbing because he just lost his only family member left but thinking about you know he reincarnated like irang managed to reincarnate but of course irang Ian, irang's reincarnation wouldn't be able to remember who ian was but man <sighs> guys i'm sad again why did i talk about this oh <laughs> um yeah so <sighs> yeah also you know what i'm gonna just stop there <laughs> so my next uh point i'm gonna say really quick i really really love shinju and yuri's relationship i know people some people i i saw didn't really want yuri with shinju but i feel like yuri saw saw irang as more of her master as more like a family so i feel like that's kind of why they weren't a thing because they kind of wanted them to be more of like 
a, a master student type relationship or family you know brother sister relationship rather you know with yuri shinju it was more of the love relationship and i really love the relationship because she was like you know she was so she was so different from the very beginning up until like the very end like at the very end she was kind of still like very careless but she still had she had more confidence in herself and not careless but you know the part where shinju was like picking up after her socks and she was like oh honey my other pair is here and she's like and he's like why am i cleaning up after all you guys um it was like really cute and oh my gosh shinju i love shinju because she he i felt so bad for him like after re-watching the drama like for the second time i was like oh my god he's like he's like being beat up like he got beat up by irang he was like all up against the wolf by imugi he was like you know he he was just a loyal companion to ian and you know yuri to irang they had their companions so yeah so last but not least for this segment i wanted to go over the imugi the imugi annoyed the freaking poop out of me i wanted him dead <laughs> but his you know if you make me if you're able to make me hate your character so much you did such an amazing job because ooh, iteri did amazing doing the imugi like he freaked me out at times i was like why is he like staring at me and when he died at the very end it was so satisfying <laughs> when he like disintegrated into the, from the river oh my god so yeah <sighs> man imugi anyway now we're gonna move on i know this is running a bit long if you're still listening to me thank you thank you so we're going to do something that i'm very excited about <laughs> so if you follow me on my twitter i have this segment where i'm going to answer five to six questions regarding anything about the drama it could be very open-ended an open-ended question or a straight forward question i'm looking at my twitter right now and um i'm going to choose five random ones because six is a bit too much at the moment because i didn't think it would go very long so let me quickly pull this up so i'm going to do this one because so yes let me see so okay first question is from emily oh sorry my thing like banged the table her question was um okay sorry for the late response what was your favorite scene also if there was a scene you could change what would you change also okay also you can say my name thank you emily so what was my favorite scene y'all oh so two people actually asked asked that question what was your favorite scene so one scene that always freaking appears in my freaking brain is episode nine almost towards the end where oh my god Ian like brings the adokshini into the world and he's like about to beat the crap out of sorry crap out of her and he becomes from weak to like i'ma beat you up and guys <laughs> Ian Wook looks so hot in that scene because there was this part where he was like 
and where do you think you're going and he said that in a, such a raspy voice he was like where do you, I, don't, I can't even like mimic it it's like what do you think you're going and not just because not only because of the raspy voice he was just like staring at not just the camera he was kind of slightly on an angle but then he looked so menacing and i was like oh and i was like i am in i am in this itongok shiz for life now and honestly episode 9 was like my favorite as a whole because i really love the arc of adokshini to be honest um but yeah but that scene just oh my god like he he looked beat up he had blood on his face like even though he had that he was so oh god like that wasn't even eon like doing it anymore it was like don't look because oh my gosh like what the fudge <laughs> i don't even know what i'm saying anymore um so yeah so and then emily um if there was a scene you could change what would you change okay so that's actually i think someone else mentioned that question um but i will just do i not hold on let me see if it, if someone else answers a question okay because you know one per person um so kaya i hope i pronounced that right sorry kaya um also asked um same with emilisa asked me if you could change one scene or thing about the drama what would it be and why um oh that's so hard one thing okay actually it wouldn't be a thing i would change i guess i guess i hope this counts but i was actually talking to someone um on twitter saying like what what if we witnessed like how he how he transitioned from from his look from a mountain god to his look from what we saw however we have been what we have been seeing in the drama so like his short hair um but i was telling this friend i was saying like what if we saw like a moment where like in his episode he was like going getting his suits and he was like trying to live in the city how he really lived in the city and if we could have like a mulan moment where like he cut off his hair and was going to the freaking like hair salon oh my god i would have been loving i would have loved that so much um i really hope that would have been possible so i guess if 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 i would change something it would totally be like to add that somewhere um and then i guess um for i think episode 16 kind of comes in my brain because i think a lot of people knew episode 16 might have been a bit rushed but it didn't really bother me however i feel like this drama would have would have had like 18 episodes but i've seen like pictures like there was this one picture where yuri was in like a wheelchair or the actress for yuri was in a wheelchair um kim yongji and the granny was with an iv and i think the iv thing was because like how did she come from a stone to back to a human so i feel like there was a lot of like editing issues in episode 16 but it didn't really it doesn't really like phase me as much but i feel like what i would have what else i would have changed was probably like how long the drama was i feel like if it was 18 more episodes or an additional episode it probably would have added more like 
questions that we had or answer the questions that we had for episode 16 so like how much did time change or or how much did time flow and gone by and all that stuff so um yeah i really loved episode 16 though but i also know that there are some people that have said that it felt a bit rushed and things were like um out of place like like how did you know the granny come back unless unless everything undo when imugi died everything that he did was was undone so i would also expect that all right so i know i know i said i would pick at random but there's some people asking duplicate questions so um i kind of just wanted to honor so okay so so bell asked this is a fair question so bell asked me what are your objective thoughts about the last episode well i kind of heard what i was talking about i was pretty much crying um during the last episode it was really enduring it was really heartwarming bittersweet all of that words um i found the wedding very beautiful i loved how it was private too i love the rings it was really adorable as i said if you know kind of you could probably tell it might have been a teensy bit like the editing kind of um was a bit rushed but other than that i really loved it um i really wish irang didn't die <laughs> but then again i mean how else to bring the of uh, the main pro tag um yeah i don't know the last episode just really made me sad because I was kind of saying goodbye to like my favorite K drama I was watching at that time because I really loved watching this drama because it was such a really good drama and um yeah <sighs> now I'm sad again <laughs> but yeah I really loved I really loved the last episode I really think it cleared it closed the the story well I know the ending cut you know, the part where he's going, he came and used his sword, I was like, what the frick, I feel like people, I feel like you guys are expecting me to talk about it, um, so, for, for the very ending, we already, when, when episode 16 came out, first came out, everyone was like, okay, so he lied, because, um, in the legends of the gumiho when you lie for like a good hundred days you're able to become human so people assume that that's what he did but when Ethan will came he went live like two months after or a month after the drama aired he was saying how um it was actually meant to be just a fan service cut meaning it's only meant to be just please the fans so from hearing that i would take in as like okay he's not the he's not he's actually human and it was just meant to please the fans however he did say it came out a bit wrong and the message was like taken in a bit differently so he was like it's probably like the editors he was saying it was like um i don't remember i think he mentioned like it was something wrong with the editing and just like the placement of that scene and i was like okay so he doesn't he doesn't become human but then he goes I remember Dongook said, I mean, but if he's he's a, if he's not a human, I mean, if he's a Ninetale, then, you know, it's okay. And I was like, you're not helping. <laughs> so, yeah, so 
I think that's what um you guys are probably like yeah what is what is that ending scene so that's what I think that's what I've heard so yeah all right so the fourth question um do doop 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 do 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 okay so boom Alrighty, so we have a question from Nari. Nari asked me, Hi Kenzie, what do you think Yun struggled with the most after turning human besides the stuff we saw on the show? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I feel like this would be funny. Um Wow, what did he struggle with? Huh. I'm drawing a blank, but I know for a fact when I first saw that episode, I was like, okay, he probably would have done this and that. Um, dang, you draw me, you're drawing me out of blank. Why am I blanking out? I feel like he would have struggled with aging. I don't even know, but, like, you know how he looks like that when he comes back, but then, like, he probably is, like, probably would be freaking out, like, oh my god, like, I'm gonna grow, and I'm gonna grow older, when I've been looking like this for how many, you know, how many years, and I was, I would think, like, if you were suddenly mortal, and your, and your looks would change, I feel like he would kind of freak out, because it's kind of the first, it's, it's, like, been, it's, like, a first thing for you, so I feel like if he would totally freak out about, like, his appearance changing when he ages eventually, but also, I guess, like, um, maybe not seeing the granny and the grandpa anymore because they were kind of, like, his quote-unquote parents, especially the granny, but he said, like, oh, I'm not supposed to come in here anymore because I'm a human. And I don't know. I just feel like it would be hard because um, um, they were just people that really looked out to, looked over him. And maybe also doing things like, like, maybe he stays fit. But then, like, when you're a nine-tailed fox, you could probably move swiftly. So, I feel like running... <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I feel like running would be really difficult. <laughs> because he would be slower. And then, like, you know, when when you're a nine-tailed, you're kind of fast. And then he's like, oh, my God, why am I slow? So, I don't know. I feel like he would totally, like, complain about me him being slow and all that stuff. I really love this question. I really like this question. It made me, like, draw in a blank. But also, it's, like, 1 a.m., 1.30. So yes alrighty so my last question I'm trying to see because some of these are almost related to each other oh actually hold on let me see doop 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 alrighty so alright so my last question is from Jackie Jackie asked me if there was to be a season two what would you want to see and what would you want the plot to focus on I kind of want the plot if there was a season two, I feel like the plot should totally focus on, like, Eon adjusting to human life and hoping they would have a child <laughs> because he was like, we should, or Gia was like, we should totally have a child. And then he was like, you know, what if our daughter is blah, blah, blah. And I feel like it would be so cute. I feel like 
it would just be him adjusting to normal life after being a immortal creature for the past how many years i feel it'd be really adorable and we would see like him having like breakdowns because he's like because if you remember when he was talking to shinju he was like hey when i when i became human my emotions just go all over the place and he was just it was i don't know i just found that scene really funny because he was like i could be very emotional and stuff so i feel like if there was a season two it would totally be like him adjusting human life maybe like wanting to be back into a nine-tailed fox so maybe going back to the point where why he could use the umbrella in, ep- in the end of episode 16 unless that truly is a fan service which i'm gonna keep i'm gonna just say it might be just a fan service because i if i keep thinking about it i'm gonna be that thought is gonna bother me so <sighs> yeah so that's gonna conclude the question segment i really loved those i really i love the fact that it worked because i didn't think it would work um so yeah or work as in like people would send me some questions in and i really appreciate it i really love the diversity of the questions too it made me think and stuff and discuss so yeah so so i'm gonna close we're gonna finish oh man why am i sad we're gonna we're gonna finish this episode soon but I left this last segment for me to just appreciate the drama much further and the impact it left on me. So I I greatly want to say I loved, loved, loved the story. As I said, I also the actors and actresses did an amazing job despite also working under the pandemic too, under you no know, safety measures and guidelines. Um, the crew did an awesome job. The work on the CG was beautiful because you know C- work on CG could be very difficult. Um, and there were some beautifully shot scenes. Like even though the scene and the river was clearly not clearly, but not clearly as in like a negative way, but clearly as in like it was CG. It was so beautiful, and there was a part where you know Ian was falling to grab to pick up Gia and they were upside down and the moon was so bright it was so beautiful and I loved I just loved that the CG was just fantastic overall in the drama and I know they're saying like how do we work with the eyes like the you know the usage of the nine-tailed eyes like would it be contacts and stuff and I feel like they did an amazing job with that um sometimes CGI work CG work on the eyes could be a bit difficult so it, it was really good also and looked i mean dongwook did really or i can't even talk dongwook 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 looked really good with the cg eyes like the orange eyes and i feel like it worked out really well also the action scenes were very good um i loved it honestly oh my gosh and oh, Ooh, the one thing I really want to talk about is OSTs. The OSTs are so beautiful. You know what? Let me quickly just say my favorite ones in the drama. Um, if you go on Spotify, the entire one, the, the entirety of the OSTs are there. But I really love I'll Be There by Shonu. Um, that's like my mom's favorite. I love Moonchild Ballad. That one makes me cry too. And then... Um, Love Already Bloomed in My Heart by Hin is really beautiful. Uh, there is 
the as I mentioned, parting at the river of three crossings, it's a, it's an instrumental, but just the emotion it brings out in you is just amazing. I love, I feel like the OST is very underrated, very beautiful, as I mentioned, I keep repeating myself, but um, I always go back to listen to the OSTs, and I just feel just an overwhelming amount of emotion just come over me because it just makes me sad and <laughs> sad and happy at the same time but it just reminds me how much i really love this drama that's kind of why i this this episode was a bit longer because it is my favorite so it's just me like dorking out about this drama um i really love it sadly i know sadly it's very it's actually quite underrated and it makes it really sad because i feel like it should be it should be appreciated more and i know i know fantasy isn't really like a cup of tea for a lot of people um some people find it a bit off because of the cg and stuff but of course it is a preference but i'm saying i'm saying please do try and it's really it's just I feel like it's just a really beautiful story. I love how, you know, I feel like the story was well written. I feel like every character had their moment. Um, I feel like it was just beautiful. Of course, personally, it is my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm totally just going on a whole tangent because I love this drama so much, but it's because I just never shut up about the drama. I always go to it and I just, yeah. So, am I going to rewatch it? Maybe sometime. Um, just give me a few weeks to emotionally recollect myself. Oh, yeah. I really love love this drama. Also, I guess it's also we're mirroring at the end, so I kind of just want to go off on a little tangent again. Um, yeah. I know, I know, I know Dongwook, no, this is my tangent, sorry. I know Dongwook played a lot of really mean, me, memorable characters, but I feel like Eon is definitely going to be a memorable character because, as he mentioned before, it was kind of, like, the character that kind of, um, was like him the most, if I remember correctly, in, like, one of his interviews, or V-Lives. My brain is, like, fuzzy right now. But, next to the Grim Reaper... I really loved his character. He played it so well. Like, guys, guys, I'm going to go on a tent. I'm going to go crazy. But he, I love, I literally love him so much. Like, I have never, I've never fallen so hard for an actor this hard. Like, don't look because he, he's just very passionate with his work. He, he has a variety of characters that he has played, um, and he wants to play more. And he's a v- he's such a hard worker, and I really love that he wants to deliver so much for his fans at the same time. He's very generous, and he is an outstanding actor. He's very talented. And if you haven't seen uh, any of his like dramas, then. 
I would totally, totally t recommend you guys to do it. Also, also much love to Joe Boa and Kimbum and the rest of the cast. They did an outstanding job. I know Kimbum from Boys Over Flowers. I have not seen it, but I know f about it because my mom watched Boys Over Flowers. And I've seen Joe Boa in another uh, drama called My, a Strange, My Strange Hero. My mom watched that too. She is an incredible actor too. I know she's coming out with another one. Also, Kimbum's com coming back with another one and don't look as a movie we're fed um we're getting a lot of content like k-drama content these past days this past month actually um yeah so oh shit what the fudge okay you totally did not hear me cuss sorry sorry um so yeah so ah <sighs> So guys, we're almost at the two-hour mark. That's crazy. If you, if you, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I kept, I, I just kept on talking. Sorry about that. But I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm now closing up the after talk. Um, this was kind of a, to be honest, the layout was a bit messy, but it's just. When I talk about something I really, really love, I'm going to just go on tangents sometimes, and I greatly apologize if that ever happens, but I really hope you were still listening to me, uh, regardless what you were doing, whatever, whatever, whether if you were just sitting here listening or doing something at the same time, eating or, you know, going on a walk and stuff. Um, I really greatly appreciate if you reached the very end, and I am so thankful that you guys, I have been getting a lot of support for this podcast, and I literally think it did not was going to happen. But you guys have been so 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 supportive, and I really appreciate it. And you know, we're just here to have a good time. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys so 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 much. For listening to Kenzie's K Drama podcast. This was the podcast talking about Tail and Nine Tailed. You guys have a lovely, lovely day.